to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know exactly what we're talking about today. I'm actually not feeling super good. I'm sure it'll include a horrific death or two. I also have a story about, um, let me try to get back on track here. Today we talk about a horrific death or two. Is it possible that this happened? Because I'm holding my hands out pointing to nothing. I don't know what I want to talk about yet. And finally, we are going to look at one of the most bizarre fetishes I've come across in 44 years of being alive. Move over, feeders. Get out of the way, other weirdo groups. Because we are going to walk deep into a pool of quicksand. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having an okay day. I hope you guys are having a great day. The uh, debate was last night. I'm not going to talk politics, but I really enjoy politics. I enjoy the art of politics. So this whole thing, all these like debates and everything, this is like my playoffs, man. Like I'm serious. Like I really, really enjoy politics. I don't like to talk about them so much because I always have such a weird view. Like I, I consider it all stagecraft. I consider it all like it's this television. I know people say there's real world consequences and things like that, and there are, but I like the art of uh, politicking. So yeah, this is a really big time for me. So, you know, I said on a couple episodes ago, I never drink. I never drink. I drink like two or three times a year. Last night was one of them. And I had a little bottle of wine that I had from like a date uh, a year ago. I had a little tiny, when I say a little bottle of wine, one of those that's like the size of your hand. Uh, Steel Reserve and a half and a bottle of hard apple cider. And I've been sick since 10 p.m. last night. I've been completely ill. I barely slept. I just took a shower. It's way too late to be taking my shower for the day. I feel black. But while I'm feeling black, I'm going to run up and give a hug to one of our legacy Patreons, Herbert. Herbert, come and get this sloppy hungover hug. I love you, buddy. I love you. He's like, get off of me. You smell like you smell like you just took a shower and you should have taken one hours ago. Yeah, yeah, you know. Herbert, you're gonna be our captain or pilot this episode, even though I don't know where we're going. Wherever we go, though, you are going to be in charge. If you can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. So I'm leaning on Herbert. He's like, oh man, it's gonna be one of those episodes. It is. Let's first head out to Wyoming. So let's go ahead and hop in that Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We haven't used that in a while. Herbert, you're at the command. You're working all the buttons and stuff like that. We're going out to Snake River Ranch. This is August 3rd, 2020. So Herbert's flying that Dead Rabbit Dirigible, and we're not alone in the sky. We see all of these beautiful hot air balloons filling up the early morning sky. And we're flying. We're trying to navigate through them. It's a beautiful August day. This just happened, what, two months ago? But then, I wouldn't talk just about a normal day, right? (laughs) That would just be a boring podcast. Something happens. We have a quote from Robert Kravisky, 12-year-old boy. Quote, before we got on, I was saying, there were dark clouds, and it was windy, but no one was listening. I don't know why they didn't cancel it. So these balloons are floating around. Now, these aren't like, you know when you watch, like, I don't know, Chitty Chitty Bing Bang, 
or Around the World in 80 Days, whatever. Those are the only two movies that have ever featured a hot air balloon. There's like two, three people in the balloon, right? You got like a little gondola, little wicker thing, because they still make them like it's the year 1892. There's that old woman hand wickering all these hot air balloons. You got the basket, and you got like two or three people in it. You got like the the gondolier. I don't even know if that's the right term. I think that's the guy in Italy who rose the boat. But these balloons, you think like it's like two people in a balloon and then like a third guy working it. No, I, I, I found out that that <laughs> I found that I was lied to by Chitty Chitty Bing Bing. The point is, um, think about Return to Oz. There, you got a couch. Think about everything you could fit into that gondola or that thing that, that sits at the bottom of a balloon. You fit a young girl. You could fit a couch with a moose head. You could fit a robot. And I think that was it. What's the couch in the hot air balloon? It doesn't matter. This has nothing to do. The point is, is that nowadays modern baskets on balloons can hold like 20 people. So it wasn't like, I mean, it's not like a romantic trip. It's like a romantic trip in a subway car. Like, sure, you can sit across from your sweetheart. There's like 19 other or 18 other people sitting around. It's not very romantic. But anyways, it's a very long-winded way to say there were 20 people in these baskets. Clinton Phillips and his whole family were in the hot air balloon. And there's a bunch of other people there as well. So they're in this basket. It really hasn't taken off that high yet. But there's a bunch of balloons out this day, hot air balloons out this day. They haven't even taken off the ground that much. And then the wind starts to hit. The basket's moving so much that people are almost falling out. They're like, oh, which, which admittedly would be quite hilarious, right? As long as you were the one standing in the center, you're like, ha, 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 I'm the king of the world. The other people are like holding on for dear life. You're pushing them away from you. I am the center of gravity. People are holding on for dear life. They're afraid they're going to fall out of this basket. There's another balloon. This was what made me want to cover this story. So there's another balloon in the area. They see this one and people are like, whoa, almost falling out and stuff like that. The other balloon in the area... There's one person you don't... Okay, you don't want anyone to fall out of a balloon. <laughs> I might, because I think it's funny. But if there's 20 people in a balloon basket, there's one person that you don't want to fall out, other than you. That's the person who flies the balloon basket, right? That's the captain. They're officially called captains. This basket tips. The wind hits it so much that the captain falls out. And now you got 19 people in the balloon, and it's slowly going up. And the captain's on the ground. He didn't die. He falls down. Because, again, it wasn't that high. He did a little tuck and roll like Wolverine. (laughs) But the balloon's flying away now. And the only person who knows how to operate it is on the ground. And he begins yelling, pull the red rope! Pull the red rope! They pull the red rope, and... The, the thing starts to descend. But again, like, think about it. If you're in a plane and your captain falls out of the plane and then the co-pilot falls out of the plane too, you're pretty boned. No one on the plane's probably going to know how to fly it. But you're boned for like 0.8 seconds. Like, you're like, ah, lived a good life. A balloon is, you basically have 20 minutes of wondering, will I live or die? So the balloon's floating around. They're pulling the red ropes. They're pulling the red ropes as much as they can. 
Eventually, they have a slow crash landing. It's not super dynamic. People are really to, like able to contemplate their past life decisions. Like, you just want it to be over quick, right? People are just kind of like thinking, oh man, all my regrets in life. I should have asked Mary to the prom. I should have gotten on a hot air balloon. That's it. Those are my only two. Those are my only two regrets. The balloon crashes into the ground. The basket hits and everybody falls out. All 19 people spill out, which again would be hilarious to watch, right? Because basically, like, haven't you ever watched someone like walking and they're carrying something fairly important, like spy documents or uh, viruses or something like that? And they trip. Apparently, you work at the Pentagon. They trip and they spill it and you laugh. Imagine that, but the thing being spilled is a box full of people. Is it it not as funny as I think it is? I will say this. I will say this because I know a lot of you guys are concerned about these people. Um, Obviously, Robert was fine. He was given quotes afterwards. Another balloon crashed as well, but it wasn't funny. It It just crashed. 35 people in total got injured during these three balloon crashes. 11 of them went to the hospital. Now, I actually waited to tell this story for a while because, again, I was laughing so hard when I read this back on August 4th. But apparently one of them fell out and hit their head and they had to be airlifted to the ER. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Like, that was the last sentence in the article. I was like, oh, that sucks. I can't really make light of that like person like i can make fun of everyone else having little like cartoon birds floating around their head and stuff like that and um that's my only joke this whole thing's built around that that sight gag i was like oh man now here's the thing they never revealed who that person was or if the person ever got better so it's possible i don't think the person ever died but i'm sure the person got better eventually right just to ease my own conscience for laughing at the story But I have to say this, if I fell out of a hot air balloon and bonked my head and I'm like in and out of consciousness uh, uh, and then I see my rescue vehicle as an other aircraft, I'd be like, oh man, can't you just like shoot me out of a cannon? I guess that's still flying through the air and (laughs) multitudes less safe than a helicopter. But still, I guess it's the same thing like when you're in a boat and it sinks and then another boat shows up to rescue you. Wouldn't you be a little, a little like, nervous about that? Have you guys ever seen that movie Dunkirk? If you haven't, Dead Rabbit recommends Dunkirk, but that movie is basically a series series of people on a boat and the boat blowing up and they're, like, swimming in the water and then they go, oh, there's a rescue boat and they get on that boat and then that boat gets sunk and they're swimming in the water and that literally happens for about an hour of runtime. Until one of the most horrific deaths I've ever seen on film. Uh, you know, everyone talks about Saving Private Ryan and, like, the guy with the radio is, like, talking. <laughs> and again, this scene's kind of funny, too. The guy's talking on the radio and Tom Hanks is like, tell him, tell him to, like, shoot more bullets. And the guy's like, shoot more bullets. And then there's this huge explosion and then Tom Hanks, he rolls the radio operator over and he has no face. Like, it's completely gone. It's shocking when you first see it. But then it's so, like, Freddy Krueger-ish. I, I know stuff like that really happened, okay? This, <laughs> I'm marking all the times I'm losing subscribers in this episode. I've already lost the hot air balloon fan base. Like, this first time you see it, you're like, oh my god, the horrors of war. And then the second time you see it, you're, like, waiting. It's almost like a sight gag. 
But that is nothing. That was gross. I remember saying, th- that movie I'm not a fan of, but I like the the beach scene. I thought that whole beginning was I the rest of the movie is basically just it's just dumb. It's just people walking around Europe. And then I mean like yeah, they're they're fighting a war. I know that that's how wars are fought. People walk from one location to another, but I remember watching the theater and I was like, "What? Like this is it?" Just, that was so cool. That was such a great opening. And now they're just like walking around playing pianos and stuff like that. And then the last 10, 15 minutes are cool. And it's pretty grisly, like the knife fights and stuff like that in the street. And then at the end, then you're like, oh, Tom Hanks was dead the whole time. I don't remember the twist. Was there a twist? It was basically like you thought it was Tom Hanks at a graveyard. And then it turns out to be Mark Damon. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler alert. I don't even know if it's a twist. Anyways. You could take all of the deaths of Saving Private Ryan. You could have a guy getting stabbed with a knife as his face is getting blown off and he's carrying his own arm. Does not compare to Dunkirk. Because there's this scene of this guy who has literally been blown out of like four boats at this point. And the Nazis are stuck, 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 just shooting bullets and stuff like that at boats. They're like attacking these boats. They've been doing it, they've been doing it the whole hour. I don't know why I'm surprised. Oh, they're back. Oh, no. The jets are attacked, or they were planes back then, but they're attacking these boats. Boat blows up, and people are, of course, you figured that was happening, but this guy jumps off the boat, and what happens is he dives in the water, and the boat is so damaged, there's oil everywhere. It's totally coating the surface of the water. And this guy is underwater, and the oil catches on fire. This was so gruesome. The shot is... Like, you see above the water, you see the, f- the water's on fire on the top. The camera goes underneath, and you see a close-up of the guy swimming underwater, and he's running out of breath. But the water above him is on fire, and it's spread so far he can't outswim it. And the camera just lingers. It's like a close-up on this dude's face, and he's... And then he runs out of air, and he resurfaces. And as he resurfaces, the camera resurfaces... And he gets coated in oil and fire, and he just begins screaming. And then that's his the end of his story. I mean, like, he had gone through... He was just, like, one of the 20 characters that were running around in that movie. That was... I mean, like, w- pick your poison, right? Drown or burn to death in the water. And even... Ugh. That was awful. That was awful. That's a good movie, though. I recommend Dunkirk, especially over... Um, this is a movie podcast now, especially over Saving Private Ryan, or as I like to call it, Snoring Private Ryan. Yeah, I don't like that movie. Let's go ahead and move on to our next story. I said I was going to talk about people dying horrible deaths. Uh, what was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this one. So, Herbert, let's fire up that Jason jet. Let's get out of here in a hurry. We're leaving behind these hot air balloons. We're leaving behind my movie review podcast that was just invented and canceled. We're headed out to ancient Greece. <laughs> Flying out there, we're putting on our togas and stuff. In ancient Greece, we're going to meet a dude named Heraclitus? Heraclitus of Ephesus. Heraclitus, maybe? I don't know. Everything's weird back then, but Hera, well, no, that's a girl's name, right? Heraclitus of Ephesus. That kind of rhymes. Is that was probably his name, because they did that back then. They're like, your name is Gnome of Rome, and they're like, thank you, my liege. Your name is Farta of Sparta. And he's like, oh, man, I should have been born somewhere else. Everyone's laughing at him. Heraclitus of Ephesus, he lived from 535 to 475 BC. 
He was a philosopher. He was one of those guys who just kind of walked around and goes, is an umbrella really an umbrella if it has a hole in it? And everyone goes, what's an umbrella? He's like, just just wait till those are invented. I just blew your mind. He walks around doing stuff like that. He actually hated people. He hated democracy. This is actually very timely. He hated democracy. He hated mobs of people. He was a misanthrope. So it shouldn't surprise you that he was a hermit. But he had some good sayings, because this is what philosophers are remembered for. Here's some of his sayings. Here's some of his sayings. We're going to sit down in front of Heraclitus of Ephesus, and he's like, okay, there's not a lot of you, so that's not a mob. Do you guys like voting? And we're like shaking our head. He's like, perfect. Here's some of my sayings. No man ever steps in the same river twice. For it's not the same river, and he's not the same man. We're like, oh, that's pretty interesting. That's true. Every experience changes you in some way. I really like that one. Our envy always lasts longer than the happiness of those we envy. We're like, is that a good thing? (laughs) Is that a good thing or a bad thing? So us being jealous of that dude, yeah, I guess it is like, it shows that we're bad. Like, we're jealous of someone's success, but we'll take it to the grave. That person may just have a peak of happiness. We may only see a glimpse of it, but we'll always hate them. Very good. We're clapping. Clapping for him. He's like, no, don't don't clap for me. I'm a philosopher. This is my job. He says, I love this one. The chain of wedlock is so heavy that it takes two to carry it. And sometimes three. Oh, yeah, see, get a little get a little side action. Get you a little Sancha going on. And that is true. It's not good for your marriage, but very funny. See, man has some has some good stuff going on. Anyways, the reason why I'm talking about this guy, other than sharing those philosophical moments with you, is because, so he got this thing called edema, which is like fluid under the skin. So like one day he wakes up and he's like, what am I going to philosophize about today? I'll do another one about that river. That was a hit. And he looks in his arm is all beep, 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 beep. And he's looking, he's seeing like little bubble appear on his arm. And he's like, that's not supposed to be there. And so he like presses it and it like moves under his skin. Beep, beep, beep. And he has edema, so it's like he's getting pockets of pus popping out of his skin. And it's like bulging, he's basically looking like some Toxic Avenger dude walking around. And no one wants to listen to a philosopher if they think at any given moment a bunch of pus is going to shoot out from him. They're like, you might be wise, you might be the most sane man in this insane world, but I'm also afraid this horrible disease is going to explode out of you like getting hit by a car in Robocop. So he goes, yeah, I probably should take care of this. He figures, there's stuff in my skin, I need to draw it out. Okay, so how do I draw it out? Well, heat draws out stuff, right? Because I once had a glass of water, once I invented glass and then put water in it. And then, like, it all went away. So (laughs) I discovered evaporation and heat, like, removes things. So he decides to get a bunch of cow poop. And he covers himself up in cow poop. And he figures that the cow poop... Don't do this at home, obviously. First off, how did this guy have so much cow poop? He was a wandering philosopher. He must have stolen it from someone. Or maybe he goes, hey, tell you what, you give me 10 pounds of cow poop, I'll give you a life lesson. The guy's like, just take the 10 pounds of cow poop. You look disgusting. You look like you're going to explode at any moment. He covers himself up in cow poop. He actually starts to feel a little better. The soothing heat of cow excrement will remove this poison from my body. While I'm doing that, I'm going to take a nap. There's nothing more comfortable than being buried under 10 pounds of cow poop. So he takes a nap. This world-famous philosopher wakes up a couple hours later. The poop has hardened 
into clay. He's like, what? No, wait, no, no, uh, what? And he can't move. His body's completely immobilized in this hard cask of cow poop. I don't know how weak this guy was right now, because I think given what's about to happen, I could break out of a cow poop prison. Like, I know people used to make houses out of clay and stuff like that. And I'm sure there was a liberal amount of cow poop, like, in the clay. I'm just guessing. I might just be making that fact up. The point is, is that, like, back then, if you wanted to break into someone's house, you would literally just break in. You just, like, kick the wall over, and you're like, give me all your stuff. It all gets destroyed when you knock the wall over. This is not the most convenient way to go in. But you could break down, like, houses. You just punch them a lot and stuff like that. This guy, he's buried in a cow poop. He can't break out of the cow poop. And then, he hears a wolf. And he's like, uh, you don't have to be a philosopher to know that those wolves sound very close. Sounds like a lot of them. They sound hungry. And I'm trapped. And he actually died. This was actually like, you'll find this on a list of wacky ancient deaths. This dude baked himself into a cow poop pie. And the wolves ate him. Wouldn't that be awful? Wouldn't that be absolutely terrifying? That should have been in Dunkirk. That's how the movie should have started off. It's like previously in Europe. And they show this guy like philosophizing. And then he he cooks himself into a cow poop pie. Dogs are eating him. And then it says 1942. And people are like, what? What does that have to do with anything? And then when they see the guy dying oil, they're like, oh, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan, a genius. But... Yeah, all of that, all of that story that I laid out just to tell you about a man who cooked himself into a cow poop pie. He did leave the world with some great phrases, right? Some great words strung together to make sentences that we can look back on and go, you're right, everything always changes. It's never the same river, it's never the same man. It's kind of hard to take life advice from a guy who cooked himself and then couldn't break out of his prison. You could put me in a giant chicken pot pie, I'm getting out of there. Might have a full stomach when I get out, but I'm getting out of a chicken pot pie. This guy could not. So let's leave behind Heraclitus of Ephesus. Herbert, fire up that one, that only carpenter copter. We are headed out to the jungle. We're going to land in a clearing. There's a bunch of like vines and stuff like that, jungle trees. There's like panthers, bow constrictors, stereotypical jungle. And we're walking through it. And I tell you this story. I go, guys, listen. When I was a kid, quicksand was the thing. Like, everyone knew what quicksand was. I think that was every kid's nightmare. They were going to fall into quicksand. It was in so many shows. And it's funny because as an adult, a couple years ago, I was thinking, what happened to quicksand? Like, quicksand used to be everywhere. There were video games based on quicksand. Well, there was one. It was Pitfall. But you know what I mean? Like, Quicksand was everywhere, and I stumbled across this great article on Slate called Terra Infirma, The Rise and Fall of Quicksand by Daniel Ingeber. And he actually is able to lay it out. He says, yes, quicksand used to be everywhere. At one point, 3% of all movies made, this was in the 1960s, 3% of all movies made featured a quicksand scene. But ever since then... It's been slowly sinking. It's been slowly dropping off. I guess it's a better term, not sinking. And he goes, it's interesting because he was pointing out Lost doesn't have a quicksand scene. Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, which came out around the time, didn't have a quicksand scene. 
He actually asked the writers of Lost, hey, you know, like Quicksand is a thing. It's a real thing. How come he didn't have it in the show? And they said, that's too cheesy. Because it had been done so much. 3% of all movies in the 1960s having Quicksand is a ton. Before that, from the 1900s to the 1950s, it was about like 0.5% of all movies. So still a lot. 3% just really got it. Cowboy movies would have it. Cowboy shows would have it. Uh, cowboy country western concerts they had a giant instead of a mosh pit they had a giant quicksand pit everyone sinking inside of it you had it a lot it's interesting because he hypothesized why did it go away why did it go away and he broke it down like this one cheesy it's been overdone he says two this was interesting observation he goes i think that there's less wild areas for kids to play in and there's not sandboxes anymore so it's not like these little like nine-year-olds who are in hollywood making movies but you would watch movies about quicksand and you could recreate those adventures in your day-to-day life if you were a kid. You could go, oh no, look out, Indiana Jones is in the quicksand. You could just put your hat on the quicks on the on the sandbox and stuff like that and run away. That's the whole game. You win. You gotta get your hat back though. But that, of course, isn't the end of it. Because like everything in the world, somebody decided to sexualize quicksand. It kind of plays on the vor thing. Vor, if you don't know, if you're a sane individual, vor is where you eat people. Like, you you either get enjoyment out of swallow. It's weird. It's not like, not like ripping their bones up with your teeth. You swallow someone whole, or you get swallowed whole, and you get slowly digested. And some there's tons of art. Don't look it up. There's a whole vor video game. Don't look that up either. It's super hard. I actually tried playing it, and it's funny because I wanted to, like, fight the monsters, but because it's made for people who like to get eaten, like you walk out and a monster gets you and then it shows an animation of you getting devoured. This game had to have come out like in 2008. It's not on Steam or anything like that. You try to fight them and then you're like, Ugh. like the whole game is just you getting digested. It's pretty lame. Again, unless you're into it. But it's kind of a side thing of vor. The idea is watching people, specifically women. It's interesting. I wasn't able to find out whether or not there was a gay component to this fetish. But specifically women sinking into quicksand. There's a magazine called Splosh! Exclamation point magazine. They even have a a section on the website for Splosh dating. It's in the show notes if you're looking for someone, if you're looking for love for someone who likes to be dirty and (laughs) in sync. There you go. They even have movies. They had a clearance section. I was like, oh, maybe I'll buy a movie. Clearance section. They're selling VHS tapes, man. Just throw those away. No one's going to buy that. Actually, now that I think about it, it's such a specific fetish that if that was the only way you could get your fetish was some VHS tapes, sure. They also sell photo, like CDs full of photos, which is straight out of like 1997. Like when it took so long to download a photo of Sarah Michelle Gellar. You can now, back then, you would buy a CD with nothing but photos of Sarah Michelle Gellar. None of them she was sinking in quicksand. But if you want to see her sinking in quicksand, I don't know, just take a picture of her, draw some quicksand on it. But they do have this thing. And then there's another website. It might be the same website. I don't remember because it's been a long time since I've been there and I don't want to go back. But it's called MPV for Mud Puddle Visuals. Now, we have push the kids out of the room, push them into some quicksand so they don't hit this part. They actually have the typical, like, porn titles for a lot of these movies. We have Pie-Eyed Wives. I don't know what that has to do with quicksand. Maybe they tell them there's a pie at the bottom of it. They're so addicted to it, they jump in. That's the thing. They want, people want to see them go in feet first. 
And they want to see him struggle. Struggle. Very bizarre fetish. Pie-eyed wise, you have Slime Suspect 2. Can't imagine what the first one is about, but Slime Suspect 2. Police Custardy. I'm thinking that this might actually be from a different part of the website. Because these are all food-based puns. Maybe the, someone's sinking in quicksand and they're throwing pies at her. And then they have another one called Pretty Clumsy Woman. Ah, you thought I was going to say Pretty Woman. No, I guess she's like wandering into quicksand or something like that. They're like, oh, Alice, you're so clumsy. You walked into the Brazilian rainforest all by yourself. Anyways, they also have... So those are kind of cute, right? Slime Suspect... I would never watch them. I would never watch them, but Slime Suspect 2, Police Custody. Then we have stuff like... Nico Jordan loses her grip. Master... <laughs> Nico, Jor- Nico Jordan loses her grip. So I imagine she's like hanging on a branch. And she's like, oh no, oh no. She falls in. The whole title of this is Nico Jordan loses her grip masturbates sinking in peat bog she's like oh no i lost my grip i could try to get out i do know that though that struggling in quicksand only makes it worse peat bog is probably the same thing how can i not struggle i don't know i'm just gonna masturbate (laughs) that's struggling right because you're like moving around and stuff like that anyways bondage in the hammer swamp They, they got dark real quick right first it was like oh no i got a pie in my face and now it's like there's no escape from Hammer Swamp. It's just a swamp made of hammers. They have damsels in quicksand. Number 17. They've been putting this stuff out for a while. And I've actually found, like, on the website. Again, don't go there. Again, <laughs> again, don't go there. Just But there's, like, sample videos. And there'll be, like, these women walking through the forest. They're edited up. Because they're not going to give you the full half hour of sinking goodness. They'll show, like, these three girls walking through the jungle in bikinis. And then they'll cut to, like, all three of them, like, knee-deep in quicksand. And then they cut to them being like, ah! And they just cut to, like, a picture, like, a scene of quicksand. And then some of them are people, like, a sexy woman has a gun, and she's, like, walking to the quicksand. And the girls, they're like, no, I don't want to walk into the quicksand. And they walk into the quicksand, and then they're then it just ends with them singing. They all end the same way. There's no suspense, but I guess all pornography kind of ends the same way. There's never one where some guy's, like, in the middle of banging some chick, and he's like, oh, I gotta go. Just leaves and she just looks at the camera. I guess they all have a prescribed ending. But I did find something really disturbing. More <laughs> disturbing than everything else I've described so far. I did find something else disturbing. There's a, a section of it dedicated to Asian girls. Part of the videos that are dedicated to Asian girls. And it's real interesting because it's almost like they know that's not the target market for the audience. They actually include this phrase. Well, they are the women of the Philippines, and they sink in quicksand just like Western gals. They're like, listen, you perverts, you racist perverts out there. We know you want to see the girl next door, that girl who turned you down when you asked her to the prom, Mary. Then you fell out of the hot air balloon, and then you got bonked in the head, and you got this sick fetish. We know that you want to see her sink. However, we got a bunch of girls from the Philippines. They'll do it. They'll do it for half the price. <laughs> we can totally sink them. They, we don't have to, like, bring out a location or build a swamp set and have quicksand. There's a bunch of quicksand right over here in the Philippines. I'm not going to say that some of this may end up actually being snuff, but I also probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't watch the videos. I didn't watch any of them. And again, I don't know if they're actually in the middle of Philippines shooting snuff videos and drowning these women it doesn't appear to be it looks like a lot of the footage is afterwards they're smiling and they're covered in 
like quicksand. But how much would someone have to pay you to walk into quicksand? And knowing a bunch of weirdos are going to masturbate thinking about it. Like, you could be like, oh, you pay me $500 to walk in quicksand. That'd be, oh, I know, you added that second part. <laughs> you have to be like a million bucks. Your image would be out there forever for people to pleasure themselves with. So, there we go. Um, let's do a quick recap. Don't take hot air balloon rides. Don't cover yourself in poop. Do see Dunkirk. I'm sure Christopher Nolan loves this, this ad for his movie. And... If anyone ever asks you, hey, you know what would be really cool if we both walked out into the jungle? I have a camera, and you don't have anything. You're wearing a bikini. You're like, what? Where did I get this at? And why don't you, I'm going to film you walking into the quicksand. But it's just for me. It's just for me. I'm going to take it home. First off, get new friends. But secondly, you may want to look a little bit closer at at uh, quicksand websites because actually no i've been telling you not to i was gonna say because you might end up on one obviously you would know that i really don't have any way to end this episode other than the fact that i'm actually feeling a lot better so if, if you stuck around this long Her- herbert left to the garbage doctor <laughs> he, he took off he's gone so we got to walk back but if you guys stuck around this long i really appreciate it i'm actually feeling a lot better this show is is really good for me to do and i hope you guys have a lot of fun hearing it deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be our email address you can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio twitter is at deadrabbitradio deadrabbitradio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast you don't have to listen to it every day but I'm glad you listened to it today have a great one guys